Greetings and salutations to you all. This is Dee Dee Moonflyer. Welcome to Twilight Tonic, your weekly voyage to points distant and parts unknown. We'll discuss all things paranormal, spiritual, weird, and wonderful. So if you're ready, grab your favorite tonic, your best comfy chair, and let's begin. Tonight on Twilight Tonic, as always, I have some of the most amazing guests. And this one young lady is, I really, I really just love her. I've talked, got a chance to be interviewed by her, which was awesome. And I actually, when I met her, you could just tell the light and electricity around her was amazing. She is a certified psychic medium, a spiritual life coach. She's also a Reiki master teacher, and she does past life regression. So, Stephanie Lynn, how are you? I am well. Thank you so much for having me on today. I just I enjoyed so much when you got to come on my podcast, and I was I just looking forward to sitting down. I, I think you yeah. said we we just connected energetically, so I'm so glad to have another conversation. Yeah, it's amazing. You do some really awesome, loving things. I know you're a certified psychic medium. What got you started in that? Oh my gosh, it's you know it's kind of funny because I look back now and I've always had abilities. You know, hindsight's twenty mm-hmm. twenty, right? Right. And I was so just good at ignoring, (laughs) but but, you know, that only lasts so long. And and I tell this to people who are running from their abilities. You can only, you can't run forever. You can only run for so long. And that's kind of where I I got it. It came to a head where other people was in my circle needed support with their own abilities. And so I was faced with taking that chance to develop and understand my abilities Mm -hmm. and then being able to advocate for others. And so that's really how this all started was just simply wanting to be able to be an advocate and maybe a speaking piece or a sounding board for others that were like, what is going on with me? Understood. And I think especially now that we're moving this energy that is moving so crazy, I think more and more people, they're they're getting these abilities stronger than they had before. Do you not yeah. find that to be true? I do. I do to some levels. And I don't know. I'm kind of torn between is it just more people or is it mm-hmm. now that it is more socially, even it's still taboo in, right. in a lot of ways, but it is getting more socially acceptable to sit down and have these conversations with people than it used to be. Yes, absolutely. And you know, I I wonder if some of it is because of the television shows that's out, it's becoming more mainstream. Therefore, people are having an easier time coming out. The same thing in ufology that's happening. Um, People coming out and saying things that they've seen that's becoming more mainstream as well. I know when I tell people I have a paranormal podcast, they're like, oh, I have a story. Everybody has a story. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's an interesting segue. And I like how you, you know, you talk about the, the paranormal. And because for me, I'm no longer afraid of people mm-hmm. finding out who I am, but it's still something that I don't, I don't go wave a flag around that says psychic medium, you know, (laughs) that's just, (laughs) that's just not who I am. And because, you know, I, I have kids. And so I, I want people to first get to know the logical side of me Mm -hmm. that I'm a very skeptical person, which people are like, how can you be skeptical and talk to dead people? (laughs) I know it's counterintuitive. I get it, (laughs) but you know, that's, that's who I am. And so what I'm, what I'm finding, though, is even at work, I work in the public school system, and I was having a conversation with a colleague, and, you know, it, it's always that 
that paranormal topic that kind of comes in and like segues for people. I have found mm-hmm. so many times that people will start talking about paranormal and then it, it turns into the metaphysical and the spiritual conversation. Right. And I think it's so hard for people to realize that they go hand in hand quite a bit. Yes, absolutely. And I always tell people I have a healthy respect for people that can go ghost hunting or, uh, you know, hunting for spirits. It's not necessarily for me. Right. Right. Because I get headaches. I get, I get all kinds of stuff going on. Sure. So it's not like, I don't know how you feel about it. Um, I respect it. It's just not for me. I like, I like the paranormal. I think because for me, and I don't, I hate the term ghost hunter, right? Right. Because for <laughs> me, I I like to look at it as living history. Yeah. And I am so much of a person who likes to investigate. I like to dig. I, I seek to understand mm-hmm. and, and understand in, in a much bigger picture, not just what you're being shown. Absolutely. So for me, when I'm, especially if I'm called in by somebody and, and we go somewhere and it's like, hey, there's there's something going on. I like to to get that other side of the history, to really feel out and to hear, you know, some of that, what's going on? Why is this coming up? Um, mm-hmm. What is what is the relation to something? So it's not so much for me, the thrill of it going in somewhere and, right. and that boo thing. Um, and I've, I've been very lucky. I'm very novice, you know, as far as paranormal research and all of that, but I've been so lucky to, to hook up with Barnaby and, and the CAPS team. Mm-hmm. So I've gotten to go out with them on a couple, you know, investigations. And, and I think they're really the same way. It's just seeking that knowledge, seeking yeah. to understand what's going on. Exactly. And I think that's really important. You know, that's, I think that's why we all or more and more of us are coming out and we're talking about this. We just want to understand better. Yes. Now, when you do your mediumship, I know mediums see things in different ways. Do you right. hear, see, smell, taste? What is it a combination for you or do you see physically? It's so it's a complete combination for me. When I I do see physically, when I was younger, I actually saw physically a lot more. And I feel like I saw physically a lot more because I had myself so shut down, right? I didn't want to let myself feel anything. I didn't, you know, because you get the creepy crawlies. You don't understand what's going on. And, you know, that that feeling of being in a room and someone watching you, like who wants to feel that way? So I was so shut down. So I would physically see a lot more um, when I was younger, uh, even to the point where, and, and I remember this, my first, one of my first encounters physically seeing, um, I was between 12 and 14 and we had gone to my, my great grandfather's house. We were helping him clean out. He was, he was going to a home. And so I was helping my mom and I happened to just walk through the kitchen. I was carrying some boxes out and I, I happened to come back in through the kitchen and maybe you'll understand this, but now looking at it, when I walked in, it was like I was stuck in layers, like the mm-hmm. space felt heavy and slowed me down, if that makes sense. Yes. And when I looked over, I saw a complete, it was like a black and white movie playing. I, I saw the woman standing at, at the kitchen sink. I saw kids playing out in the yard through the window. And I was able to describe this woman down to the bobby pins in her hair. Wow. And it was my mom's great grandmother. And so that was like, whoa, mm-hmm. what, what just happened? You know, um, other, other things that was always like glimpses or I'd see something and it would scare me. So I would quickly, you know, shut it down. But that was really the first one where I experienced the whole thing and let myself do that. That doesn't really happen as much anymore. Now for me, it's usually 
like, you know, people will refer to their third eye, but for me, I see my third eye like a movie screen. And so I'll see the same thing, but it plays out in this extra space, if that makes sense, (laughs) in my head, you know? So that's um, where I will see a lot with with my third eye. Otherwise, it's it's just the direct conversation uh, with the communicator who's already transitioned. Right. Wow. So as you, you started to develop more and more, and as time went on, do yeah. you find now it's easier for you to shut it off when you need to, to protect yourself? Yes. Oh my gosh. I, you know, what's funny is I spent so much time pretending, first of all, that I didn't have abilities. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, I felt cursed. I was like, I, cause I had no control. And then as I started taking classes and educating myself and, and practicing things, I was like, why didn't I do this sooner? Right. Like, oh, why didn't I do this when I was 10? This would have made my life so much easier. <laughs> like what people, where were you? And right. so now, you know, it is much easier. I do find there are things that I, I don't do as much that I used to. For example, I don't socially, you know, drink. I don't drink very often because it's mm-hmm. harder for me to block everything out if if I'm inebriated. Um, you know, so there's there's different things that I limit because I know it will limit my ability to control things. Right. But it, it does. It makes and I was just working um with a juvenile who was working to understand their abilities and you know, we had talked about the different practices and, and you can make it like a light switch. You could put yourself in a Pokemon bubble. Like there's so many things you can yeah. do and just giving them that knowledge. It just helps so much. Yeah. Protecting yourself is so crucial. And I think kids particularly are so open. Yes. And if you don't have a good support system, I don't know how your parents felt about it. My mom was always very supportive but she also did a lot of research and had experiences, as you know, like right. UFOs. She studied Edward Casey, Course in Miracles, wow, meditation. So, you know, I'd see something. She'd be like, describe it. Okay, now put a white light around you. And so she was very in tuned to that protection yeah. and very in tuned that it existed. But she also didn't make a huge deal out of it. Right. And I feel like that's more, that's how I am with my children. Um, That is not what I grew up with. I, you know, I came from a religious family and even though, you know, now, so now as I'm, I'm, I have a cousin who's very open, but as I became more open and and talking with family found out, I mean, I, I always knew my mom had abilities. My dad has abilities, but like, Seriously, everybody on both sides of my family has abilities. And I'm like, why why did you guys not talk about this? Like, why? You know, it's like we can talk about affairs that people in the family have. But if you see dead people, let's not talk about that. Just, <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Yeah. It's like, come on. this. Why is this the deep, dark secret of what we're not going to talk about in the family but this is okay. And so, you know, looking at it now, I just sometimes can't rationalize that, but it's, it's interesting because my mom had abilities, but Mm -hmm. my mom, like myself also dealt with the negative side of things. And so for her, it was very scary. And she looked at anything then with spirit as negative as evil. And, you know, growing up, when I did start voicing some of the things that were going on, my mom would tell me, she would say, you can't talk about this. If anybody finds out, they're going to take you away. And I still, I understand that to a point because I'll talk to my children about the safe place to talk about these things. Uh So I'm giving them a safe place. Um, There's other people and resources besides myself and my network that they can talk to where... I don't completely shut it down. Right. But I I understand that fear that my mom had. I mean, how do you explain, you know, now here's an example, you know, you you go in for regular counseling, 
And you sit down and you talk to somebody and they say, do you hear voices? Define voices, <laughs> you know? So it's, it's hard because the, the medical world has not caught up to, because there's, how do you, how do you find the science to explain these things? Right. Exactly. And sometimes these kids end up on really, really bad medication. Right. Right. And I wonder, you know, when, when you look at when America was so institutionalized Mm -hmm. and, and not that there are not serious uh, disorders and things that people can have, but how many of them just had abilities? Yeah. You know, so it's, I, I get that fear. Yeah, and especially if they came from a very religious background where that was very frowned upon. Yes. Where that was considered devil's work. I mean, what an awful dilemma. Right, right. And, you know, and I, that's kind of, you know, this is kind of off topic, but how I grew out of the church and became more spiritual, more devoted to just, my relationship and the higher power because there were people within the church that I would try to talk about things and that was not well received. Mm -hmm. And so that really made me look at things with a different perspective. You know, I know I'm connected to spirit or God or, or the higher, whatever you want to call it. I know I'm connected. I'm not evil. Because, you know, and, and so things that they were saying just didn't resonate with me, which, which made me change my perspective on some things. Right. And I, I, you know, talking to many others with the same issue that you had with that, how do you, how do you come out and change? And, and some of them still remained it. Christian, but they just practice on their own, or they found a church that was a lot more open spiritually for them. Yeah. And that's kind of, I think where I'm at, I, I hold on to a lot of my Christian beliefs, Mm -hmm. but I know my perspective is a lot different than the typical church's perspective. And, you know, the way I, I never force anybody to believe, right? Because I'm skeptical. Everybody has a right to be skeptical. I don't have the right to say you have to believe me that, that this is going on. Right. And, and my thought has always been, if I am meant to be the person to help you connect that way, spirit will make that connection happen. Uh-huh. If I'm not, no amount of arguing or no amount of me trying to prove anything to you is, is going to prove that. And so a lot of times I'll tell people when, when they say different things, I'll say, well, you know, you, you pray and you speak to spirit, Yeah. right? You, you, that's you, maybe you meditate, maybe you pray, maybe you go to confession. You know, we all have these different modalities to connect with spirit. Me, I sit on my floor and I just talk to him. Yeah. You know, so it's just, again, different perspectives. Yeah. Me sitting and talking directly is no different than somebody sitting in a pew and praying. Uh, absolutely. And I always tell people that when people find out some of the stuff I do in my own personal life, I always tell them, right. you go to church and pray, you have an intention. Yes. When I go to my altar and I celebrate different seasons, I'm going with intention. Absolutely. And it's just as valuable and just as loving as what you're doing. Yeah, I agree. So I find that, I think that's just fascinating, you know, but you are absolutely right. Just sit down and talk to spirit and put that intention out there. Right. And I don't know about you, you know, and that's, I understand the morality of some of the things that, that come out in religion. But when I sat down and I've connected to spirit, they might've said, Hey, you know, you kind of had a bad attitude dealing with this, but spirit never makes me feel ashamed. I never feel berated. You Mm -hmm. know, spirit is of love and that's what we have to remember. It is of love. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even though we make 
our own personal choices in life. Spirit, spirit is always there. Yes. No matter yes. what your decision is and telling people that they're like, oh, you got to pay for your sins. Like we always pay for them. And yeah, Through it's, called, it's karma. It, yeah. You might call it karma. You might call it paying for your sins. But and, and I try to tell people this too. The only people who will condemn you for your choices is the human race. Absolutely. Spirit, you know, spirit might go, hey, you know what? You screwed up. But let's mm-hmm. try again. I'm still going to walk with you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm not going to leave you. Let's work through this. Absolutely. I absolutely believe that too, Stephanie. And that just makes my heart happy. <laughs> yeah, no, me too. And I think, you know, I it's kind of interesting how, how the conversation twisted to that. But I, I think that's a very important point to get out to the listeners because I think so many people feel abandoned and in today's society our focal point on things are just not where I feel like it should be and so I think people need to hear that we might feel alone we might feel abandoned Mm -hmm. but that's by that's by humans yes that's not by spirit yeah I can remember as a little girl and I wish I think her name was Elizabeth Kelly and she was from Yellow Springs, Ohio. And it's a cute, you'd love the little town. It's a cute little town. Oh. It has really good energy. And there used to be a really open college there called Antioch. And they have these cute shops. Well, Liz Kelly was as a medium. And she'd have these spiritual classes. Okay. And she would always tell everyone at the very beginning of class, you are loved and cared for beyond your knowledge. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And that she'd start off every meeting like that, every meditation like that. And she said, just have gratitude and love that you're not in physical body pain. Right. And it was every time, once a week for years, (laughs) we'd be driving (laughs) to Yellow Springs. But once you realize that and you think about that. Yeah you will stop maybe feeling so lonely. Right, right. Because we're never alone. We're not. And, you know, so many people are stuck in this, what is my purpose? Yes. Why am I here? What? Maybe you're just here for love. It, it does not have to be this grand scheme of things. You know, people are missing their purpose because they're waiting for this big event. Mm-hmm. You being is your purpose. That yes. That is your purpose, is you. You being you. You coming across the people that you're going to touch. You coming across the people that you're going to interact with. That is your purpose. And I find it so sad how we, as a society, sometimes will put down certain workers for doing certain jobs. Right. It's like, that makes no sense to me whatsoever. No, no one is above and no one is below. That does not exist in spirit. Right. I I agree completely. You know, we, I always see everything as a spoke on the wheel. And mm-hmm. even, you know, when, when I was coming into the workplace and I know, you know, my dad would say to me, if you ever get into the position where you're a supervisor, never ask people to do something you're not willing to do yourself. Absolutely. And, yeah, and you know, and I always held that with me. I'm if I'm not going to do it or if I'm not going to be right there next to you helping you, why would I you're not beneath anything. Why would I ask you to do it? Absolutely. And and so it's just that that little bit of perspective and realizing we're all spokes in a wheel. If any of the spokes come out, if the wheel cracks, it all falls apart. So we have mm-hmm. to take care of each part. To keep it moving. Yes. And I tell you, spirit will definitely let you know when you're off track. Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> I learned that the hard way. <laughs> oh, you too. It's that metaphorical four by four, right? Oh, it's like, pay attention. Yeah. Stephanie, I fired my spirit guides. Oh, how'd that work out for you? Not well. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> I retired from <laughs> dance, you know, and it was really time. I mean, my body athletically yeah. took its toll. It really oh, did. My yeah. body was like, hello, 
<laughs> no right. more back bends for you. You stop it right now. Yes. And I had yes. injuries and you go through like, it was over 30 years of my life that I danced. And yeah. I was going through that. What's my purpose now? And we all- I get it. It's human, you know, what's my yes. purpose? And then I got so angry. I'm like, you all are fired. You didn't give me my purpose. Well, boom, let me tell you, within a week. Yeah. They gave me a purpose, okay? Right. <laughs> it's like, it's take right. this. Now do you understand? I was like, uh, you're rehired. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, I'm sorry. No, yeah. and that's, you know, it's it's true because, and there's so many times, and I, so my struggle, and I know there's a lot of people listening who have this struggle of, you know, you have so many different roles, Right. I work, I'm mom, I'm a wife, I, you know, the house and finances, and we have all these pressures, sports. And then there's this part of me going, I really want to focus on building my career, my profession as a mm-hmm. psychic medium and, and these other things. And then I, I would get frustrated. I'd be like, well, spirit, how come I'm not booked as much as I want to be? How come I'm, I'm not able to go all to these events? This is what I want to do. And I was in the same place you are where I'm like, I'm done talking to you guys. Like (laughs) my guide, my main guide that I communicate with the most is Ezekiel. And I'm like, I'm done. I'm not effing talking to you. I'm over it. Like you guys told me this is what I need to do. Now I'm trusting. And now I'm sitting here, you know, making no progress. And it was almost instantaneous with, with me kind of being in my ego with my guides. And I heard them say, if we filled your calendar with clients, would you choose your clients or would you choose your children's sporting events? And I went, oh, valid point. I would choose my family. I, I will always choose my family first. And so that was very poignant to me of, Success, right? Because we look at it like, especially especially in this field, you know, wanting to do this full time. Success right. is being busy. Success is having consistent bookings. It's not. It's not. The success is mm-hmm. the knowledge. The success is right here, what we're doing now, opening maybe a door for somebody to understand a part of themselves, offering insight to maybe somebody who's dealing with a gifted child. That's where the success is. Right. Absolutely. Not the other stuff. That doesn't matter. Yeah. And when it's time for you to be fully booked, I'm positive that will happen for you. Yeah. No, it's just, you know, looking at the way we measure success. Yes, I know. It's just backwards. I agree. I agree. It puts so much pressure on us. Oh, gosh, yes. Especially now, it puts pressure on men too equally, but for women, absolutely, we also have. Now, I've never had had children; couldn't have them. But I have the pressure of making my home a certain way, right? Absolutely, keeping myself up in a certain way, doing this, doing that. I can't. After a while, you just can't keep up. No, it's unrealistic. It is. It is. And think about how much joy we give away in those moments because, again, we're missing that purpose in the moment. You know, it doesn't matter in that moment if you're fitting in your size five pants. No, so you had an extra taco. Who cares? (laughs) We are just tied to these ideologies. Of what happiness has to look like. You know, we look at, like my husband and I, we're not overly romantic. I mean, yes, we tell each other we love each other every day. We don't have a lot of time for each other right now. We don't have a lot of time to be alone right now. But he shows me he loves me by he'll come home and he'll start cooking dinner if I'm trying to do a thousand other things, you know. The, The little things, it doesn't have to be... He bought me a new car. It's the oh little goodness. things, you know, but you know, you see all those ridiculous yeah. commercials oh, around yes. Christmas. Oh, I got you a car. I'm like, really? Who does that? 
Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> you know, no. it's it's the little things, <laughs> and and we have to be happy with the simplicity that can be in all these moments. Oh, absolutely. And I think people are starting slowly to realize that. Yes. And I think that's why there's a movement, people quitting their, their office jobs and working in other fields that they want to work in. And it's starting to grow more and more. Um, I quit a very stressful job and took a job with less hours that I could walk to every day. Yeah. So I could have balance. Yeah. Isn't it just freeing? You have to have balance and that's, that's a struggle. Even when you're a medium, an intuitive, an empath, if you don't have those balances, you are not a happy camper. You have to have those. There's too much energy coming at you. I don't know how you feel about that, but if you don't stop, it's like right. you're getting thrown things and you can't I agree. control them. And just like, you know, we we learn as as we work with our abilities, right? And especially when we're empathic to set up those energetic boundaries. Yeah. We need to do that in everyday life. Do not let other people put their expectations onto you and make them your own if that's not what you want. Absolutely. Set those boundaries. Yes. And, you know, it took me years to set boundaries. I don't know about you. Oh, it's not easy. It's so easy to talk about it. Yeah. It's not easy to do it. (laughs) Now I'm like, not doing it. Sorry. Right. Right. But then I feel guilty, but then I have to, and we all do this. We all have that guilt. And then we have to step back and go, I had to do that because it's important to my health. It's important Absolutely. For my family, it's important to say stop. Right. Absolutely. So, Stephanie, I want to talk about this next subject that we both utterly love. Okay. You do past life work. I do. And you know what's funny? Because I am. I'm a a past life regression therapist. Mm -hmm. And up until, uh, I'd say about 10 years ago, I didn't even believe in past lives. Wow. Yes, I didn't. I was like, no, you know, we die. That's, you know, whatever. We hang out on the other side. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Like, woo. And I had some very poignant experiences um, with people within, within my family group and things where I'm like, oh, wait a minute. You know, when... When you have a child that's that's really very young, only a couple of years old, crying and telling you that they miss their family, and you're like, no, wait a minute, I, I'm your family, but they're able to describe and you're able to validate through research, that's very poignant. And that will yeah. very quickly make you change your opinion on whether or not we have past lives. Wow. Um- yes. Was this your child? It was. And it's not it's not my story to share. And and sure. as my child's getting older, I'm a little bit more careful about sharing it, but it, it was very poignant. Um to that's really what made me start looking at okay. Right. Okay. Could is this a thing? And as I as I started looking at it and, and just looking at it like like with myself, um it made me realize a lot of things and a lot of the people that like my husband that are in my life now have been with me for a long time. And, and so it was eye opening. It's right. so eye opening when you delve into past lives. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was so lucky cause it was so pointed out to me at a young age I did not, could not, and feared Germany. Wow. And my brothers loved World War One and World War Two Germany. Very interesting. And so when I was in my early 20s and I started Middle Eastern dance, um, I come from a ballet background, and then I became a Middle Eastern dancer like at 14. 
and then professional in my 20s. Wow. But I was obsessed with the music and there was always something missing. I had a dream right before I went to California and met almost my lifelong teacher. And it was a really, really sad dream. Oh. And I remember seeing my brother in a Nazi uniform and I was small and dark. And I was in the French countryside sitting on my grandfather's lap. Wow. And my brother, oddly enough, looked at my grandfather and said, I can't save you. I'll try to save the children. That is, that is just, wow. It was so vivid. And I remember I was a little girl. I was probably about nine. And I walked into a truck and didn't know what was going to happen. And I felt the gas in the truck. I felt myself passing away. And I didn't understand where that came from because my line of work, I did a lot of Egyptian weddings and danced at Arabic nightclubs. And then all of a sudden I was in California and it was one, I mean, they were all beautiful dancers, but very glitzy dancers, glitzy, glitzy. And I was like, oh, I'm glitzed out. And all of a sudden tiny lady comes out completely covered in a Romani outfit, plain spoons. Yeah. And I, I sat up really straight and I go, that's it. I know that. I've heard it. I've seen it. I recognize it. I know that. And we became friends and she's the one that influenced me to study Turkish Oriental and Romani. Cool. So, that gives me yeah. goosebumps. So for like over 30 years of my life, I even traveled for four years back and forth, lived part-time in Turkey during those four years, performing and teaching. But when it was done, girl, it was like something snapped in my head. Right. It released, right? I was like, like, yeah, I don't want to come back. I was fearful the last time I went. And when I was on the plane, I felt this relief. It's so powerful. And I don't think people realize, you know, even mm-hmm. for myself, you know, I, I, I had that, that poignant moment with my child, but then I had ran into somebody and she did sound therapy. So you lay like on this curvy bed and it was like an amethyst infused mat and the bed vibrates. Ooh. And then she would cover your eyes mm-hmm. and you listen to music. So, and the bed vibrated with the music. And she's like, just quiet, lay here for 20 minutes and relax. Well, getting me to relax is like <laughs> telling a wet cat it's okay. It just, it's hard for me to do. So I'm like, I'll try, you know? And so I lay down and immediately, like I lay down and I try to relax and the music starts and I, instantly felt myself start to separate from myself, like astro projecting. And I'm like, no, whoa, whoa, where are you going? Like, I'm awake. This is not okay. And I could literally feel myself wanting to hold on to, you know, my spirit, to, to whatever it was in me wanting to lift away. And then I, I started seeing flashes in instead of grayscale it was like in green in green scale and ever since I had my first child I had such a horrible sciatic nerve pain I mean I I've tried everything Mm -hmm. and so I'm watching you know these these visions and it's faces swirling and things are coming in and out and the first image I see a, a cargo ship old, you know, like I couldn't even tell you when an old cargo ship and I see the cargo ship break apart. And then I see myself in the water and I'm a man and I know I'm drowning and I feel this pain in my shoulder, which is where I usually have pain in my shoulder now. And I'm like, what is going on? And before I can even rationalize this, I see it's a battlefield. I know it's a battlefield. I know probably during the revolution, just the way we were dressed. And I'm going across and it's smoke filled, you know, just like you see in the movies with, 
with mm-hmm. the, the wooden fences and the smoke rolling and you hear the cannons and people are running and I'm running forward and I get shot in the back Ooh. by, by somebody, you know, I just happened to run in front of somebody I shouldn't have. And where they shot me was where I had that sciatic nerve pain. And I got super emotional. I'm like, what in the is going on? <laughs> I bet. And yes. I felt this sharp pain and the pain just filled my whole body. And mm-hmm. with that, I was in tears. I ripped everything off. I jumped off the bed. I'm like, I do not know what she's like. Oh, maybe I should have done a lower setting for you. And I'm like, hmm, maybe. But <laughs> what's really interesting is I have not had sciatic nerve pain since then. Wow. Not nothing. I mean, yeah. I could do back bends and no lower back pain at all. And I really think that was a pain that I carried through from a past life. Yes. Oh, I, I definitely believe we carry stuff. And when it's gone, it, it just like, like I said, it was like snap. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so, you know, people pass it off and, and I know people listening to this, I honestly, I am so skeptical and, but there are these things that, like you said, they click, they resonate and that's how you know the difference. It resonates. It's almost like trying to recall a memory and, and probably what it's like having Mm -hmm. Alzheimer's because it's there. You can feel it. It resonates deep at yeah. a cell level, but you just can't recall it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of like, and I, I'm sure everyone has experienced this. It's walking certain certain areas of the country. Yeah. Sometimes I can yeah. feel myself in different. I might have my jeans and t-shirt on because I love my jeans and old punk rock t-shirts. I love that. Me too. I live in jeans. People are like, how can you wear jeans all the time? Like, love I it. love jeans. I love jeans. I know. I get it, girl. <laughs> I'm there with you. <laughs> but sometimes I feel like I'm walking in a, a Victorian dress certain places. And it's so it's such an yeah. odd feeling. It's like, what, what is, is this? I, you know, and I understand that. And it's it's so funny that, that you bring that up because I was just having a conversation um, with my husband and I love looking at old houses, you know, uh, so I, I like looking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'll look at these grand houses. And I'm like, I know I lived in a house like that. Mm-hmm. Not that that's what I want now, but it just like I can feel the slide of the handrail under my hand and I can't explain it. Yeah. But I just I know. Oh, yeah. And I think sometimes our professions are stuff from memory. Like, after I retired from dance, I started working in kitchens again and just real familiar. Right. It's like, I've done this so many times. I'm not coming back and doing this. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, and I I always joke with my husband because, and this is a whole long story, which we can, we'll have to save for another time. But when I met my husband, I felt like I knew him forever mm-hmm. and he's, you know, he's from Wisconsin, which is where we live now. We, I am from the East coast. So when I met him, we were, we were out on the East coast, but when we, you know, I surprised him for his birthday and I'm like, let's go back to Wisconsin and visit. And the minute I walked into the home we now live in, which was the home that he grew up in, I knew where everything was in this house, Wow, everything. And I'm like, I knew if I opened that cabinet, what would be in it? I knew the layout of the house. And what's interesting is when I turned and looked at the wall, there was a picture of him from probably kindergarten. Uh-huh. And he was the little boy I used to dream about. Isn't that funny? It was, it was, it was just, it was wild. Like it, it was, and at the time I didn't have, any of this kind of understanding. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, what is going on? But we do, we come back, we come back to help each other, you know, and, and sometimes we joke, like, how many times are we going to do this? <laughs> are we going to keep driving each other crazy in the next life? <laughs> you know, but I told him, I said, wait, I think we kind of finally got this figured out. I said, so maybe we shouldn't knock a good thing. <laughs> I and my husband always says, well, we're going to do it again, right? <laughs> 
Right. <laughs> I'm like, <sighs> I know. I, there's days where I wouldn't agree to it, but most days I would. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. And the same, I knew when the moment I saw my husband that he was going to be my husband. Yeah. It's like, ah, uh, and I was only 20, like 20. And it was so funny. My girlfriend's next to me and they were a little bit older. And she looked at me. She goes, oh, I guess we're not going out again. <laughs> it's like, she was right. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's I. it was the same with my husband and I. And I was never, never the little girl walking around in a wedding dress, wanting to get married, wanting, nope. you know, yep. a knight in shining armor to show up like, fight my own damn dragon, you know, and, and sometimes I feel, I feel bad for him because I'm, I'm a little rough around the edges, I must admit. Um, but yeah, I knew, I knew the minute that I met him. Yeah. This, this is it. And a lot of times, same things happen with friends, like long-term friends. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It was like, I've known you, I've known you. Oh, it's you. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and I wonder sometimes because there's, there's people that you just see and you, you either, like you said, you click or you don't click. And mm-hmm. it's like, hmm, what happened that this is like a warning sign? Why didn't it click before? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and being in tune to those things now is very helpful. Yes. You know? Oh, my goodness. If I would have followed all of my warning signs, that would have saved me a lot of grief. Right. Right. But it might have been something that. we had to go through. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, and I know, I don't know about you, um, but it's, it's happened to me a lot since really moving into this, the metaphysical community, right? And with, right. with some of the people that I've, I've connected with, you know, like I felt like I've known you somewhere else and, and other people, but there are times when I will look at a photo of somebody, you know, that I'm with, with, within the community. And I get this like snapshot back to a a memory where it's, it's almost like I'm looking at a photo and, and there's times where that makes me feel a little crazy. Like, am I imagining this or were we really hung together in Salem? You know, it's, it's weird things like, (laughs) like that, where you're just, there's something under the surface. Oh, absolutely. Now, when you said you were from the East Coast, what part of the East Coast? I am originally from Pennsylvania. And, oh, wow. you know, I tell everybody, I'm from the Lehigh Valley, but I tell everybody, I'm like, you know that Billy Joel song, Living in Allentown? Yeah. Well, it was near there. It wasn't Allentown, but it was close to it. Interesting. Yeah, my mom is from the East Coast, New York State. Okay. Yeah, yeah. we always went to like Salem all the time. I love Salem, Massachusetts. I uh, like Boston. I want to go. That's on my list. Well, That's you let me know, list. and we can meet there. I can. I love oh, it there. I've been be there so several times. I, you know, looking at what's kind of funny is my mom does so much genealogy stuff for the family, and she's become so much more open in in communicating and and having these conversations now that. I'm just so blunt with it. And she, she calls me the one day and she's like, you're never going to believe this. And I'm like, what? And she's like, well, I was working on the family tree. And I said, okay. She goes, you know who Sarah Good is, don't you? I said, well, of course I know who Sarah yeah. Good is. She goes, well, we're related to her. I said, I'm not surprised. That's awesome. <laughs> you know? I'm like, okay, mom. Like, I'm, I'm really not shocked, though. The way things are going... I'm just glad I have pockets, okay? That's awesome. It, it was funny yeah. when I um, started mine. Mine wasn't <clears throat> as noble. <laughs> no. Well, there's a lot of not cool stuff in my family tree. So I I get it. But that was kind of like, that was fun. I think that I, that's one thing I want to do is go back through my genealogy and find out. Because there's like right. a lot of bumps like everybody else in their family and a oh, yeah. lot of stuff that's been hidden from me that I want to oh, yeah. know. Absolutely. And you know, that's one thing where I'm working on, on my family tree and I get so mad, right? So, and maybe your listeners and, and you'll understand <laughs> this, but when you, you have abilities and everyone's like, Oh, that's so cool. Like you could win the lottery or like, they think we can use no, this. No, And no. And it's like, so there's, family secrets, right? We all have family secrets that I'm, 
I'm really working to connect and, and find some answers mm-hmm. and, and certain individuals. And I'll sit down and I'll go to my ancestors. Help me. They don't help me. They don't. Spirit they don't want you to open to the know. door and be like, "Here's the missing person." There, we helped. No, I can help other people find their their missing ancestors, but I can't find mine. It's not fair. I know. I get glimpses, but I yeah. think they just hold those secrets so closely, even when they pass over. And right. I'm like, that's not fair. And there's always one that everyone sees around me, and I know who she is. Yeah. I can't figure out her name because she won't come out with a name. I call her Auntie. I was going to say Annabelle. And like it, Anna. So that's funny that you you had a long A yeah. sound too. And she's one of my ancestors that guide me. And she was a medium. Oh, how interesting. In Arkansas. Oh, I have goosebumps. Yeah. And she, I guess for payment, people travel from all over. And you know those pretty little compacts they yes. used to have? That's how she would be paid. She loved compacts. Crazy. And my grandma who met her told me a story that her and her husband went down. It's my dad's side, not my grandma's side. It was her husband's side. And so they went to go visit this woman. And she was a little tiny lady with a bun and dressed very old-fashioned, lived alone. And I guess she had him over for dinner and looked at him. You guys won't last. She goes, and then asked him if they wanted honey. And they said, okay. (laughs) So they took a walk and she scurried up a tree where the beehive was. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So she was was a character, I guess. She's always around me. I wonder what you're doing with the mirrors in those compacts. That was like the first thought I had. <laughs> Magic, I would assume. I uh, yeah. Why so many? That's really a neat story. Yeah, and I don't know anything about her. And I finally got through to my dad one night. He goes, well, that was my great aunt. Oh. I go, do you remember her name? He's like, no. He goes, she was a strange little lady. Mm-hmm. And she lived alone in Arkansas. In the middle of nowhere. So I often think about doing that. Finding <laughs> a mountain. Yeah. And just say, hey, this is where I live now. I said, speaking of, I should just find a mountain. My husband's really supportive. And this is <laughs> reminded me when about your aunt. And the other day, so I have this crow that all of a sudden has taken up in a tree outside and he'll call and I talk to him and then I go out and I take him a treat and I call him crow. Nothing, you know, super fascinating, but, um, my husband, you know, crows can be a nuisance. And so we were driving Mm -hmm. in the car the other day. I said, Hey, I said, in case you decide to randomly start calling crows, I said, don't because the crow is my friend. And he's like, what? (laughs) The crow comes in the tree by the bathroom window and he crows and then we have a conversation and he's yeah. like, he looks back at one of my children and says, we're not going to your game. We're taking your mom to the institution now. <laughs> and I'm like, he goes, I can accept the dead people. He's like, but now you're having a conversation with a crow. I'm like, it's it's okay. I'm not crazy. I love crows. He's my friend. Yes. Don't shoot him. They're so smart. Oh my they gosh. are so smart. They can talk. They can I mimic know, our I, language. Yeah, I know. So I'm, you know, that's the best. But when you said, you know, about about your aunt being eccentric, yes, it reminded me of me talking to the crow <laughs> in my yard. <laughs> and I often wonder. I often wonder. If she she did. I, I highly suspect she practiced magic. Yes, that was the first thing I thought of when when you had said about the compacts. Is I saw all those little mirrors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I could just see this little cabin type place that she had that my grandma described that I guess they used to put sheets on the walls for insulation or something. Oh, And she described the place as very old. And I was so fascinated. And that was something I need to look into to see who this woman was. I know she's around me. Absolutely. But I just can't figure it out like why is she always around me 
you know? <laughs> well, and you know, and, and that's, I, you know, kind of had a similar experience with my great grandmother. She was my person. I mean, she just was my person, Aww. but he, her, her and I could always speak telepathically, which I never knew other people can't do. Right. Um, until I, I was a teenager, but when I started having dreams when I got more into, so I grew up Pennsylvania German uh-huh. and, and they have the, the powwow magic and the mountain magic. Yes. And when I started coming really strong into understanding my abilities, I looked at things the old way, right? You know, uh-huh. look, looking at, at those types of things. And I used to have a dream and I still will. Like I would know something would come was coming up because I would have a dream a couple nights before and it would be this woman and I I never saw her face she was not very tall and she wore like those old gauze skirts mm-hmm. and little black shoes and she had has a bangly bracelet and she reminds me of a gypsy you know okay. that's just what she reminds and she would show me she would show me salt she would show me different things and it would all be laid out and then in a couple of days something would come up and I'd be like oh. That's why she's so to me. And I, I really think, so my, my great-grandmother's mom, um, her name was Lillian. She was a mountain, like, mountain magic. People would go see her um, for different things. Right. And so I really think that she comes through kind of the same, same like you're saying, and is like, hey, I got you. This is what you need to do. Yeah. Um, but they, they actually lived, they were... They were squatters on land, but they lived in a gypsy wagon. Interesting. I'm like, is that why I have this odd obsession with wanting a gypsy wagon? Like, you know, so it is weird how these ties, even from ancestors, you know, you talk about past lives, but even from your ancestors pull in that you really have no knowledge of. But it's still things that pull into you. Right. And when you do your DNA in your background, you might find... Some really interesting facts because they are also Irish Romani. Yes, and see, I did, I did my DNA, and so I, I find a little bit of Irish. I have a lot of Scottish. Ah, um, well, that and, could be yes, yes, and um, a lot of you know a lot of German, a lot of English. Um, but what's interesting is like like the English and the Scottish and Irish really come from my mom's side of the family. But what I found out later is my grandmother would often make jokes, uh, my maternal grandmother, about being a witch. And she was always drawn to the highlands of Scotland. And so now having done my research, some of these things that come in where I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. well, that's interesting. You know, just my grandmother, you know, we never did that kind of research. We didn't know if she had that many ties to Scotland. So why was she so obsessed with the Highlands? Yeah, exactly. It's it's really, I always tell people, listen to your kids. Yeah. Listen to your ancestors. Listen to your grandmothers and grandfathers. Absolutely. And pieces of the puzzle will come. It could be, it could be in your bloodline 500 years ago. Right. That's still right. part of your bloodline. Absolutely. And and listen to yourself. Does, where does it resonate with you? Absolutely. Where does oh, it yeah. resonate? You know, because so many times we we make vague connections and we don't take the time to understand mm-hmm. where it resonates with us. Oh, absolutely. And that's important. Very important. Did... um. How how do you go about giving someone a past life regression, Stephanie? So I I I have done one um, with somebody who has already done different hypnosis therapies uh-huh. virtually, um, which was kind of an experiment for me. Usually, I like to do them in person just because yeah, I can I control the you. environment, the sound, the music. But it's basically walking people through a relaxation technique. Um, talking to them about, you know, we'll regress back to a time where they felt safe. What does mm-hmm. that look like? Um, and then, you know, we can go through if they're looking to, some people just want to know, just want to see where it goes. Some people come in because they want to pinpoint it specifically to, um, one of one of my clients actually 
was having relationship issues in this life mm-hmm. and had been in a relationship with a very serious abuser. And so that's what we looked at. And when I sat down with my client, they went back to the early 1900s, 1910, 1920s, and, and they were a female and they, they had described so much stuff. And, and in that life, they were actually institutionalized for drowning their child. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yes. That's but intense. In, it was very intense and they were crying. And this was one of my first practice sessions. And I'm like, oh my gosh, wow. I broke them. Like, what did I do? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Spirit, what is going on? I am not equipped for this. Um, but as we worked through that, what my client came to realize was the abuser in this life was the child that was drowned in the past life. Ah, uh, Yes. And, you know, and so it was really powerful for them. It, mm-hmm. it allowed them to see that the abuse isn't, you know, that's not their fault. It, was, it wasn't um, something in this life that they had caused. Mm-hmm. And it, it really helped them release and move past that. And, and after that, they were in and, and still are in a very healthy relationship and didn't go back to those patterns that they had been in. So it it was like it released that connection um, of that lesson that had to be learned. I guess you could say, Um, I mean, that sounds horrible. Like who wants to learn through abuse, but we, we learn on, on this level and this plane in different ways that that are very tragic here but there's reasons that we, we go through some of those things. And I think things we don't resolve come yes. back to nip us in the hiney too quite a bit. And Absolutely. I think if you can resolve them in this lifetime, you know, it's something you right. don't have to carry through to the next one. No. And what do we, you know, people, we fear. We fear having anybody see our vulnerabilities, having anyone know we were a victim, having anyone know that we maybe we victimized somebody else, yeah. having anyone know that we are not perfect, right? Because we're all trying to put on this persona. Mm-hmm. We all want to meet society's guidelines, but we're not here to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes, right? Like going to Absolutely. school is not about getting straight A's. It's about learning. It's about challenging yourself to be better. And you can't challenge yourself to be better if you can't be honest about mistakes that you made. That's how you move past them. That's how you get better. You acknowledge it and you work through it and you get better. Oh, absolutely. I agree 110%. I mean, yeah, definitely. So, Stephanie, how do people get a hold of you if they want a past life regression or reading, which I highly recommend? Guys. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. So you can find me two different ways. I do have um, two Facebook pages. So I am a host with you on WLTKDB.com. <laughs> and I host the chat with Charlie show. Mm-hmm. And I used to be known as Charlie. So that was part of why that name is what it is. But it's um, basically just about getting answers, getting support, like we're doing right here. Right. That's basically what, what I do on my show. So you can look up Chat with Charlie on Facebook, mm-hmm. or you could look up Stephanie Lynn Spirit Sensitive, and all of the ways to contact me, my emails are all connected. I also I also have a YouTube channel, uh, Stephanie Lynn Spirit Sensitive. So a couple ways to find me. I have actually just started hosting another show um, with Rob Thompson, who is also a I think he calls himself a spirit medium. He's, he's right. from overseas, um, but that's the universe. And so you can you can hop on there too and, and find me. So uh, lots of different ways. Wonderful. I can't wait to see the last one you talked about. I haven't got a chance to see it yet. Oh, yeah. It's, I'm hoping it'll be fun. It's just another way to get information out there to people, right? Just another resource yeah. of people to say, I resonate here we're just real people. We're just, and that's what I want people to understand. We all have abilities. Some of us just work with them a little bit more than others. 
and and we're just real people here trying to help Absolutely. everybody kind of be them best selves. Uh, 100%. Stephanie, thank you for taking time out to doing an interview oh, with you. me. I enjoyed it. I love talking to you. I can't wait to meet no, you in I do person. We, we, have to, we have to find a meet in the middle or, or something because I, I would just love to just sit down and, and talk with you because I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much You're for welcome. having me on today. You have a good night. Tell hubby thank you, you for too. me. Oh, absolutely. And the kids too. They were they were yes. pretty quiet. They only walked through a few times. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Have a good night, Stephanie. And I'll talk to you, you soon. You too.